Super Talk Mississippi media production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Kelly and Luke from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Dalton Esquire producing here in Hattiesburg. Thanks, First Bank, for sponsorship of our studios. And we thank you every day for tuning in to the Eagle Hour. We enjoy our conversations, and we're glad that our listening audience is a big part of that. Got a great show today. Ashley Chapman just finished her Southern Miss athletic career out of Mobile, Alabama. She'll be joining us later in the program. Elvin Mims is about to join us in just a couple of moments, who started on the basketball floor here at Southern Miss, played professional basketball in the NBA and around the world virtually, and is now coaching professional basketball. Looking forward to talking to Elvin in just a moment. Opening segment sponsored as it is every day by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of this show. And Southern Miss Athletics, you can enjoy their delicious fall-off-the-bone ribs, hickory smoked brisket, other great items they cook in-house every day. Dickie's, of course, caters. They'll cater any event for you, large or small. So the next time you have something special, we encourage you to sit back, relax, and let Dickie's do the cooking. Kelly Santa, we're going to get uh, Mr. Mims here on the phone in just a moment. A little later in the show, too, I want to save a little time to talk about some of the things that I've seen this year affecting professional and college football in the way of officiating. Uh, last night, for example, the you know the 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 captain of the Clemson defense taken off the field and out of the game for I don't know what twenty years ago was was just a good defensive play, and now it's such a severe problem that it causes you to be taken out of the game and it was just a bad year for officiating all the way around college and pros it's just it's just not been a good year no and then you have the you know you have the phantom offensive pass interference call late in the game and then you can go to the nfl and just talk about so many games it seems like that have been decided by the officials i've always thought officials or, you know, that their first rule is to enforce the rules of the game but let the players decide the outcome of the game. And I, I was always taught that, that, that only if it's flagrant do you call it. Right. You know, and, and I think they're about half the flags they throw they probably wouldn't have to. Right. We'll talk more about that a little later in the program. First, let's uh, get back to the basketball floor a little bit. Elvin Mims uh, starred for the Golden Eagles in the 2000, uh, 2001 and 2001-2002 seasons. Uh, came to Southern Miss from Northwest Florida State College, went on to play for Golden State in the NBA, the CBA, the Canadian Professional League, the London Lightning, and is now coaching professional basketball. We welcome Elvin Milms to the show. Elvin, glad to have you on. All right, thanks for having me. Well, I'll tell you one thing in reading your bio that just jumps right out at me is that the, the game of basketball, the sport of basketball, has allowed you to really literally travel the world. And uh, what, a, what a treat and, and, uh, and what a privilege that must be. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, just to be able to, just, like you said, just travel the world. Um, 
you know, experience different cultures, meet a lot of different good people and stuff, you know, kind of all on somebody else's dime, right? So, right. Um, I always make sure I, you know, when I talk to kids about playing professional ball, and I, even on the collegiate level, you know, I just kind of, you know, let them know that, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. Um, just go out, you know, be open-minded, be optimistic about everything, and um, just work hard. Now, Elva, give us a quick rundown of where all you did get to go play basketball. Um, well, I, like you said, I started out at um, Northwest State. Um, I know they changed so when I was there. It was Okaloosa Walters Community College. Um, and then right there in Hattiesburg at Southern Miss for two years. Um, I left there. I had a short stint with the Golden State Warriors on their, um, on their summer league. Uh, I left from there. I played in Iceland. Um, I played in Australia, here in Canada. Um for a couple of different places. So, um, yeah, it's just giving me a chance to just experience a lot, you know, and just see the world. What is it? What is it of them about the game of basketball than than any other sport? It's not like college football players can go play football in Iceland and Lithuania and things like this. And baseball is getting to be a little bit more more universal, but clearly. Basketball is. I remember Randolph Keys, you know, who was on Southern Miss's NIT championship team, and Derek Hamilton and John White. All those guys played in like Italy and Germany and places like that. But basketball gives you the opportunity where those other sports don't. It seems. Yeah, um, yeah. When you first start, you just kind of want to be the best guy in the neighborhood, and then you know you kind of go from there to the best guy in college, and you know you learn real quick that you know basketball is. Is known as globally. Every country, you know, has basketball. Whereas when you get to, you know, the things like football, you know, you know, over on this side of the world, you know, we have the, the gridiron football. But when you go everywhere else, it's soccer or it's like, you know, it's rugby and things like that. Um, so yeah, everywhere you go, um, they're really into basketball. Um, a lot of different countries and stuff really embracing. They're really passionate about it. So it just gives guys that play a, a big, a better opportunity to just go. You know, wherever you go. I mean, you got Mexico, so you have Israel, you have Germany, Spain, here in Canada now. Um, pretty much like everywhere you go. They have a basketball league. Southern Miss has some international flavor on its roster now with Artur Kanatsik, uh, who is a, from uh, Eastern Europe. And talking about the styles of basketball that's played overseas compared to the United States game, how do they compare generally? Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, very different. I mean, here is, um, once you get to the United States and stuff, you know, the athleticism is crazy, right? I mean, you have a lot of kids, so a lot of basketball programs and, you know, teachings are kind of catered around the athleticism, where when you go to other places, it's fundamental. And I'm just starting to show now, even in NBA, you're having a lot of guys come from Europe and from different countries, and they're able to step into the NBA and make immediate impacts because they have that, that foundation under their game, right? They have the, the basic fundamentals that they can go back to, you know, whereas, you know, in the United States, you know, we get kind of caught up in the flashiness or we find a kid that can run and jump, and we don't really take the time to help them develop other parts of their game. So, you know, when they get on the court and everybody's able to, you know, once you get to a certain level, everybody can jump, everybody can dunk, everybody can shoot, and you have to find those notches in your game that separates you from the next guy. And um, I just find, like, when you get to the stage, a lot of kids struggle with that because, I mean, you have programs that that are just ride their talent and kind of push them through with what they're good at and don't help them develop. And then once they get to that next level, then everybody's kind of the same athletic-wise, and they don't really have that that fundamental foundation to fall back on. Well, I guess it's kind of a gamble to take foreign players. I remember when, when Porzingis was drafted by the Knicks, 
they were about uh, the fans were about ready to run management of the Knicks off, thinking that uh, Porzingis wasn't a good player at all. Of course, he panned out to turn to be a pretty good player, didn't he? Oh, matter of fact, he did. Um, I just think it's that stigma, you know. Once you go to the clubs, they play at a, you know, the game is not as fast, so they play at a more, you know, a slower pace. But it's a, it's a very effective and productive pace. So when they get a guy that you know that moves, and to us it seems like he's moving slow, but it's just basically no wasted motion. Um, a lot of people have a tendency to just kind of, you know, kind of want to say that a lot of guys that come from like Europe and stuff. Are, soft players and stuff and then they come over you know to the space to the NBA and you know they, they prove themselves uh, Luke wel- welcome Elvin Mims to the Eagle Hour Elvin, great to talk to you, man. I was uh, I watched you in high school play on the hardwood. Take you back to your Southern Miss days just for uh, a minute. The 2000-2001 team uh, was the last time that the Golden Eagles won a regular season basketball championship. What was it about that team? Uh, you, you got to play in the postseason also. What do you remember about that championship team? Oh, I remember a lot, man. Um, it, was, it was hard work uh, with Coach Green and Norwood and, you know, Coach Ron. You know, just a bunch of good guys. We had a – True leadership. We uh, they had Mel Carlton, we had Bandero Jones, um, Kilvaris Thompson. Um, you know, so we had a lot of guys that you know they stepped in and they led by example. So when you had you know guys like myself and Brad Richardson and Pete Manessis and Bernard Johnson and stuff that was coming in, you know, we knew we had to come in and be immediate impact and get on board. Right? I mean, it's kind of hard to slack when your main guys are coming in every day putting the work in. When, uh, when you, because you've been exposed to such a, a high quality of basketball, you think about the competition in Conference USA when you were there. It was a pretty, pretty good league. Oh yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I tell people. I mean, I think Marquette. We had what Dwayne Wade was at Marquette. Uh, you know, you had Louisville. That was in. You had Cincinnati when they was you know powerhouse, and then um, you had those in the Conference St. Louis. Um, we had Houston and South Florida. So, I mean, yeah, it was a, it was, conference USA was a, a pretty strong conference back then. Elvin, where are you now? Let, let our listeners to where you are and who you're coaching now, please. I'm in, um, I'm in a spot in New Brunswick. It's a, it's a city called Moncton. Um, it's in the province of New Brunswick, and they have um, a team here called the Moncton Magic. And, um, you know, I'm into my second year of assistant coaching. Um, last year, you know, I'm in my first year. We won the championship here. And, you know, just coming back, trying to take it all in, learn, and, you know, take all I can. And from in the organization standpoint, from a coaching standpoint, and then hopefully just apply, you know, to my, to me, want to just be a head coach. Well, Evan, we appreciate your time, man. Great conversation with you, and uh, we thank you very much for coming on the Eagle Hour. All right, thanks for having me, man. Elvin Milms, everybody, straight from Canada, right here to the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg. Oh, and you know it's toasty warm up there this time of year. Technology amazing, (laughs) Kelly. I'm telling you. All right, we'll be right back. Eagle Hour will continue.
tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Thanks to Elvin Mims for joining us in the first segment. Ashley Chapman coming up a little later in the program. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark and CampusBookmark.net. We appreciate them supporting the Eagle Hour and encourage you when you want to buy something with a Southern Miss logo on it, you know there's only one place to go. Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street, campusbookmart.net on the internet, and uh, they will deliver it right to your front door. So we very much appreciate uh, them coming on the Eagle Hour. Okay, we're going to uh, get to Ashley in just a few minutes. Uh, First, a little football talk, and uh, you and I talked about this a little bit at the start of the show. I'm interested to get the input of you two guys as we kind of go around the table. Also, I want to I want to say real quickly that I got a I got a message this morning from a listener encouraging us to take calls from listeners. So I uh, I responded to him on the Facebook page and I and I would ask listeners to go to the Eagle Hour Facebook page and find that post to give us your opinion on whether or not you'd like us to open up some segments for calls and uh, put you guys on the air live and let you uh, have your say about Southern Miss and Conference USA. If you can give us some opinions, we'll take those opinions and let you know here pretty soon. Okay, so college football finally comes to an end last night. And what I want to talk to you guys about is not the game. We all saw the game and and know how that turned out. But my concern for what I think is the greatest game in the world, and that's football, and I think professional football is right there at the top of the list. And let's start there. We'll work our way down to college. Uh just a lot of calls, just almost too much officiating, so many behind-the-play holding calls this year, so many times the games are interrupted by some call and then they have to review it. We saw that last night. At times, I thought, really damaged the momentum of the football game. Kelly Sander, first of all, for you, in the National Football League, too much officiating, what needs to be done? We need to go back to the way it used to be. It's a game that's played by humans. It should be officiated by humans. And I said in in any sport, if you have instant replay, it gives the officials permission, not that they're trying, but it gives them permission to be deficient. All right. They'll go, I don't have to necessarily make a good call because they can always just replay it. Okay. If they know it's not going to be replayed, they have to really be on the ball. Way too much replay, which last night, the fourth quarter of the national championship game started at 1030. All right. Which... You know, if you're if you're on the East Coast, I think it's late for us. I mean, the East Coast, it's eleven thirty. It's way too long. Way too long. So you get all these these replays, and the spearing call where the young man from Clemson got you know taken Terrible out of the ball game. Call. What people need to understand, they go, well, that rule is for the safety of the player that gets hit. I understand the purpose of the rule, but if a person leaves their feet and leads with their head which is not a very smart thing to do. The defensive player making that play is, every, is in every bit as much danger. If people don't think about that. You know, it's, it, the game's just getting to be too soft. You can't touch the quarterbacks. You can't, you know, you, you, it's just, it's way too much officiating. Luke Johnson, too many holding calls, too many behind-the-play calls in the National Football League, too many replays, and the college spearing rule, I think, is absurd. Your thoughts? I'll start at targeting Skalski, who's uh, Clemson's big linebacker. I mean, he's he's the leader of their defense. He's their heart and soul. He's their inspirational leader. Um, He does something that 
uh, we, we were taught to tackle that way, except his head was down, our head would have been up. Here's the thing. It's a hypocritical rule because offensive players can initiate contact helmet to helmet and not get called for it at all. So it, it, if you're going to if you're going to, to maintain quote player protection, then you have to call it on the offense also. Here's how they need to adjust the targeting. If it was it was pretty clear last night that when Skalski came in, he was not trying to do anything to injure the other player, and you could even argue that his head went down to avoid the uh, the helmet of uh, of the LSU player. So. And it goes. It wasn't just this one. Earlier in the season, I'll tell you specifically, Kentucky was playing Tennessee. Kentucky was going to win that game. Uh, or I'm sorry, it wasn't Tennessee. It was Florida. Florida was a top ten team, and uh, Kentucky has a defensive lineman that comes in form tackle, hits him perfect, and the quarterback lowered his head. The defender was already uh, moving towards him. Uh, 15-yard penalty, Florida ends up winning the game because of that call. So, yeah, the, the targeting needs to be addressed. It needs to be fine-tuned. You can't have people going head-hunting. I mean, you, you can't do that, you, especially how big and strong and fast people are today. Um, the other thing to comment about Kelly, not only uh, did the fourth quarter start at 1030, uh, that, was, that was a dreaded – I looked down, I was like, there's still six minutes left in this game? It was because they got ticky-tack with the with, – uh, Right. The, 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 right. Throwing the flags. It was so long. It was too long. Uh, and last night, that changes the whole complexion of the football game when you take that kid out of the game. I mean, you call the penalty, That I guess that's one thing. But you're going to take him out of the football game for a play like that? Just They did the same thing to Ohio State a week earlier. It's just ridiculous. And all these these rules, and I say this in our in our civic, civic laws, don't to the legislature, don't make laws you can't enforce. You can't. How are you going to see if somebody's wearing their seatbelt or not? Mm-hmm. You can't. I mean, when you're driving 70, 80 miles an hour, you can't see if somebody's driving, riding with their seatbelt. It's a stupid law. It can't be enforced. Same thing with football. You should not make rules that you can't enforce. You can't see, you know, everything. And, and what, addressing like, what Luke talked about with hypocrisy, right? If you delay the game, you, get, you, know, you have to run a play in a certain amount of seconds. If you don't, you delayed the game. So what do they do to penalize you for the game? They delay the game. They stop the game and give right. you a penalty for slowing down the game. Well, Luke makes a good Here, point. Here's the thing. Go ahead, go ahead, Bob, and then I'll finish. I, I was going to say, Luke makes a good point. I like football as much as the next guy. But come 10.30 last night, I'd had plenty of that football game. I turned it off and went to bed. And I would have to believe bet a lot of people in the country after three hours of it and you're th- – Still got an entire 25% of the game left. Enough. Enough. Go ahead, Luke. So here's what they need to do to, to – I think I think targeting is the one thing people are sick of. I mean, to the referee's credit, you can you can throw a holding flag every single uh, play of every single football game that's, that's been played. I mean, you can throw it. So uh, especially on holding, there is a, a reserve flag. Here's what they need to do on the targeting. Because most of these disqualifications, most of them, you could say 80 to 85% of them, it is somebody going hard-nosed and they're, they're tackling. I mean, there are headshots, there are intentional headshots, but you think about an unsportsmanlike, and I know that's a, I know that's not, doesn't fall under a player protection, but an unsportsmanlike most of the time is a predetermined volitional action. Like, I'm, I'm hiking my leg up in the egg bowl, and I'm going to get an unsportsmanlike. They get two of those before they're disqualified. 
So when a kid goes all out in a national championship game, when a kid goes all out and he tackles, and and he and he he's he's not intentionally trying to, hurt, and you're going to toss him in, in the biggest game of his life. So what they need to do is they need to review if it is targeting. It needs to be a 15 yard penalty, and it's strike one. You only get two strikes. Like I that, agree. That's how it needs to happen. I agree. So it's okay to pee twice in the end zone. Before you get thrown out, we just can't hit anybody real hard with your head down. And the guys that get hit with the targeting, you know, with the guys that are that are hit on those plays, clearly there needs to be a safe zone on the <laughs> because he's bullied. That, he bullied that he's LSU being bullied, so he needs to have his safe zone on the sideline. And you know, and they delay the game so much, looking at everything, and then you just it makes you shake your head. Then you have. There was a really obvious play last night in the first half where the kid from LSU put his hands out of bounds, which was a big play. It was a really big play in the game. They don't review that play. They let that play go, but then they're going to review every other play the rest of the night. That's why it, it just was, doesn't make any that's sense. That's why it's a Pandora's box. Right. If you go there, where are you going to draw the line? That's right. why you should never go there to begin with, in my opinion. I think you're right. And, and, to, go back, and to go back to the NFL – um. What about Jimmy Graham getting a first down when his elbows a yard and a half or a yard behind the ball? What about in in um, the Southern Miss bowl game when when Jack Abraham extends the football a yard over the line, and you don't review it? Mm-hmm. So it's just the thing. It, it is a it is a balance. I mean, I understand that you can't review it, but uh, I mean, isn't it true though that every single play is reviewed? Yes. But, I mean, technically speaking, every single play is. But the bottom line is. It's a game played by humans. It should be judged by humans. That adds to the intrigue of of the game itself. I agree. And it's supposed to be a rough and tumble game. It's supposed to be football. They got to quit softening the game. I mean, the PC culture is beginning to destroy football, especially with with the quarterbacks. You know, not oh, yeah. not being able to touch them hardly at all. Yeah, yeah. They're already the highest paid guys out there, you know, and then they don't have to get hit, but everybody else it's can so get hit. It's so inconsistent. I thought early in that game last night they were really letting them play. They were really letting them jostle each other around. Then this morning, I didn't see it last night, but this morning I see the offensive pass interference they call against uh, Clemson late in the football game, and you've let them play this much contact the whole game, and you're going to call – a touchdown back over something like that. I thought I thought the championship game poorly officiated. I do think the better team won, though. I'm not saying they didn't. Yeah, I right. think they did. But I think the officiating left a lot. It's been a side. bad year. It's been a bad year for the NFL and, and college officiating. Yeah. Can we do that from now on? Can we go, go Eagles? Go Eagles. <laughs> Why don't we talk to Ashley Chapman next? Okay. Sounds good. Eagle Hour. Sounds good. To the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. 
Fourth Street Bar and Grill brings us the third segment of the Eagle Hour every single day. Always a lunch special, always a great deal. Go by and see our friends at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Luke, Bob, Kelly, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Well, volleyball season uh, just finished up, and we always we never like to see uh, season come to an end, but one of the things that we do enjoy is uh, as these seniors uh, begin to transition out of a Southern Miss athletic career into the real world, we love uh, talking to them and, and having them uh, reminisce and, and look back at their uh, athletic career. Ashley Chapman, who uh, just finished up her career as a Golden Eagle playing for uh, the volleyball team, she joined joins us now and Ashley um, you know uh, you are well respected on this program because uh, your dad played basketball your brother played basketball your mother uh, went to uh, Southern Miss and the Chapman family well uh, respected in the Southern Miss athletic ranks what was it like for you to continue that family tradition Um, it was I was super excited to be able to come to Southern Miss and kind of finish out the family tradition being the second child and the last in my family. Um, and it was, it's always good. I experienced it in elementary, middle, and high school, always being like Jamie's little sister or you're definitely Alan's daughter. And it was really cool to be able to experience that on a stage as big as college athletics. So it was good to be able to come to a new campus for college and still be able to be recognized and people to know me. You were pretty close uh, out of Mobile, Alabama, so just a little under two hours um, down the road. Was was it just a uh, shoot-in from the very beginning that you were going to be a Golden Eagle? Um, growing up, I went to Southern Miss football games, basketball games, and you know my brother played basketball there, and I always knew that my dad did and my mom went there. But when I first started the recruiting process, I was actually kind of dead set on being different from the rest of my family and was like, I'm not going to Southern Miss. I want to be different. I want to go far away. But as the time got closer and closer to me actually making a decision, Southern Miss was pretty much the only place I really ended up wanting to go. So, Ashley, as a joke, did you even think about maybe going to your parents and say, I want to go to Ole Miss? That's not funny. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually went um, by parents. Both of them took me to an Ole Miss volleyball camp Uh. and yeah, we um, went on a little bit of a visit there and sat in the coach's office and everything, and my dad supported me to the best that he could, but it was pretty clear that there was a bitter taste in his mouth. A good man. Well, but you're, but, it, but so. you're, you're not named Tiffany or Heather anyway, so you couldn't go to Ole Miss. Right, exactly. Right. All right, Ashley, I want to read something to you. Uh, this is your high school summary. Earned five letters at St. Luke High School, team captain for four years, finished with 2013 kills, 15th all-time Alabama high school history. Finished third, helped her team finish third in the AHSAA state tournament twice, won five regional championships. Named to the all-county team, the Kiwanis Player of the Week, earned first-team all-state honors while earning first-team all-region honors three years, recorded a single-season school record 630 kills, 123 blocks. Named St. Luke's Female Athlete of the Year in 2015, the Mobile Press Register Super 12 Volleyball Team, and the Birmingham News 1A All-State Team. With such a dismal career in high school, Ashley, how did you get a college scholarship? Um, it was, pay pay know, no attention to that man behind the curtain, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> 
No, you probably didn't even know that you had all those accolades, did you? Um, St. Luke's was a pretty small high school, so they actually did a they do a pretty good job about making sure that you're recognized and know all of your honors. But um, so see, I knew well, see, Ashley, them, if, if that were me, all. I'd have that written up on the wall of my house when when people came in. That would be the first thing they see. You seem to be a lot more humble than Kelly and I. <laughs> Maybe so. <laughs> so what? So what? Would you, have you graduated, Ashley? And what's the dream job? And where from here now? Um, I will graduate in May. Um, so on the four-year track, and I'll graduate with elementary education. Um, so dream job is to get a job over the summer, being a teacher somewhere, um, back yeah. in Mobile, and I'll get. I'm actually um, getting married the day after I graduate. Wow. Well, good for you. And your dad, Alan Chapman, of course, member of the NIT championship team. As he has gotten older, Ashley, has the team's accomplishments gotten more grandiose and more even unbelievable? <laughs> yes, they always do. <laughs> that is always something that gets recognized. And anytime I'm with them, he loves talking about it to any stranger. <laughs> and ain't nobody and nobody stranger than us on this program. That's no, for sure. There's no doubt about right. that at all. There's no doubt about that. Your your greatest memory of your career in volleyball would be what, Ashley? Um, I think one of my favorite memories would probably be beating WKU my junior year in the Conference USA tournament. We hadn't beat WKU in oh like many years they talked about how many it was exactly but definitely not during my time there whenever I first got there all the players would tell me you know WKU's the top team and we've just never beaten them and it was always a feat and so my junior year to take them out of the conference tournament that was just a really exciting game and I enjoyed that one that's one that sticks out a lot and when you look at this new facility that I, I guess is not opened yet, I mean, I don't think they've played a match there yet, but when you look at this new facility, what do you, what impact do you think that'll have on the volleyball program here? Is that the sort of thing that when you're a kid in high school and you're being recruited, is that the sort of thing that impresses you and directs you toward a certain school? Yeah, I think the facility is going to be a huge, it's going to have a huge impact on the program at Southern Miss. I mean, from a recruiting standpoint, it's definitely going to catch someone's eye, and especially in the state of Mississippi, for volleyball to be growing enough for a school such as Southern Miss to pay attention to volleyball and give it the recognition that it deserves and giving it a facility. And, you know, as a high schooler, that's definitely a strong point is or a selling point for um, a player being recruited is what facility you're going to play in, what does your locker room look like, you know. So mm -hmm. I think it'll really help the recruiting process for and, and the you, program. You didn't get to play on the beach volleyball team, Ashley, but do is it commonplace for young women to play on both the indoor and, and uh, beach volleyball, or are they recruited separately generally? Um, well, last year was their first year having it, so we did have a lot of people cross over and play both indoor and beach. Um, you know, some of those people had always wanted to play beach and had been interested in it, and then some others were just kind of, helping out the program and doing their part to get enough people, but they all ended up really enjoying it. Um, it's not uncommon for someone to play both, but I would say as the program grows, they'll probably be recruited more separately. And I know as you get ready to graduate in May and, and get on with your life, I know you probably privately have said, yeah, we're getting this beautiful new facility 
as soon as I leave, right? I can't say, but I've never said that. <laughs> it is a little bit of pain to see it come as soon as I'm going. But. I can't say that I've never said that. I, 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 you, you laid the foundation, Ashley, for, for sure. Here, here's my, my last question for you is, what are you going to, and you may not know this yet because you still are on campus, but what are you going to miss most, do you think, about, about playing collegiate volleyball at Southern Miss? Um, what I'll probably miss most is probably the relationships that you form with the players. I mean, there's just there's nothing like the bonds that you make with teammates. I mean, you travel with them constantly, and then just the moments and the memories you make in a game. It's just it's a bond that you can't really form outside of that experience. I mean, you just go through hell, go to hell and back with this group of girls, and you know you'll do anything for them and. I just, it's a bond that's hard to form outside of that atmosphere. Now, Ashley, I, I know your dad, Alan Chapman, Slink, we used to call him back in the day. Does Slink approve of this guy you're marrying? Or does he think he's a clown? <laughs> <laughs> he, he does approve. Um, we, we were dating for quite a while, but um, he likes when he fits in. He does sports. He comes to you know, Southern Miss events, and as long as he's willing to rep Southern Miss, my dad is all for it. <laughs> and don't <laughs> you? They're actually at lunch together right now. And don't so. you forget it, Ashley. Don't you forget right. it. Hey, Ashley, great <laughs> conversation with you. you. Got a busy week coming up, graduating, getting married in all the same week. So uh, we uh, we thank you for taking some time to talk with us, and uh, we wish you nothing but the best in your teaching career. Thank y'all. All right, Ashley Chapman, everybody. A very good sport, I would say, to go through that 15 minutes. And that's and that's a Southern Miss family, buddy. Yeah. I mean, it's sacrilege to even talk about any other school. And right. not only are they true blue Southern Missers, they're on the road to Mobile every basketball game, every mm-hmm. football game. And you got some people in Hattiesburg that can say, well, I just don't have time. I can't. You can picture yeah. her father sitting in that old Miss coach's office, oh, just man. uncomfortable and miserable, can't you? And he's this close <laughs> from saying, this is not going to happen happen <laughs> over my dead body going up here <laughs> no question about that and totally understandable indeed we'll be back to the top. Thanks to Ashley Chapman for joining us, as well as Elvin Mims earlier in the show. The fourth segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Toyota of Hattiesburg. Also online, toyotahattiesburg.com, where you can search every vehicle they have in their inventory, new, pre-owned, and certified. Located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg, Toyota of 
Hattiesburg. Golden Eagle men, uh, two home games this week, Thursday and Saturday. And uh, to, to begin to push uh, the home conference slate, they are uh, the ticket office is doing a zip code ticket sale promotion on the basketball. This is an interesting promotion, guys. On the basketball team, and this is good, you have eight Mississippi natives. So they have taken uh, six zip codes where those eight guys are from. And uh, per game, if you go on southernmiss.com, um, if you live in that zip code for that specific game, you can get a, a chair back for, for only 8 bucks. So this coming Thursday against North Texas, in honor of David McCoy and Jay Malone, who are from the 39307, which is Meridian, Lauderdale County, you can, uh, if you live in that area and you're a Meridian resident, you can get an $8 chair back. So pretty cool. They've got those uh, all the way up to February the 15th. Uh, people in the area, Meridian, Calhoun City, Ridgeland, Columbus, New Hope, and Bay St. Louis all can uh, do that. We need to recruit more Jones County people, and I could uh, I could get a chair or, back. Now, this is – go ahead, Kelly. Coach Ladner's from the 39402, which is right – do they not count? Because that way I could get a discounted ticket on the 39402. You paid for a ticket in your life. And, and you can – you, you could oh, lie about stop. that. You could lie I about it. I know where your tickets come from. Like they didn't, they didn't believe me at the Boom Down Casino for the, uh, for the buffet when I said I was 12 years old. And I don't believe you ever bought a ticket. <laughs> All right, what else? The salt Luke? and pepper hair kind of gave that away. Yeah, I, I All right, guess. now this is huge news. This is huge news, guys. Former Southern Miss soccer player Brooke Hendricks, who has been on the Eagle Hour, she just recently made history. Now, she was already playing professional soccer on a pretty big stage. She was in the FA Women's Super League for West Ham United in, in England and actually played in the final um, last year, the Women's FA Cup final. Brooke has signed a uh, contract with NWSL, that's the Women's Professional League, considered by some to be the greatest uh, women's professional soccer league in the world. Marta, Christine Sinclair, Alex Morgan, a lot of the players on the U.S. national team um, play in that league. Brooke Hendricks of Southern Miss has signed a contract with the Washington Spirit. She is the first Southern Miss soccer player in history to sign a professional contract with the National Women's well, Soccer good. League. We yeah. are we will work to, to get her on um, the Eagle Hour again, but that is big news, man. That's just like somebody um, playing, getting called up to the show, somebody playing the NFL. Brooke Hendricks makes history for Southern Miss soccer. Good for her. That's what it's all about. And Absolutely. I, and has she been on this show before? Well, I think she has, yes. She has, yes. Well, I'm sure that's what... That's what I landed think it had her the a job. Lot to do with getting her on up there. Yeah, right? I think so. It's, uh, been, look what it did for Dozier. <laughs> look what it's done for us. Yeah, look what it's done for us. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No comment. One one guy who will be going pro very soon. If you hadn't seen the cover of Sports Illustrated, um, they have the goat G E A U X T Joe Burrow, the Heisman champion, sixty five touchdowns on the year, broke the uh, the record last night with sixty passing touchdowns. Inevitable will be number whatever on the program, maybe nine, but number one in the heart of Kelly Center, the imminent uh, next Cincinnati Bengal. What do you think, Kelly? Well, well, before Kelly answers, just let me point out a reality to you, Kelly. He's going to be playing in the NFL, not the SEC, behind the, new, behind the Cincinnati Bengal offensive line, throwing to the Cincinnati Bengal receivers. Safe bet. He's not going to throw 60 touchdown passes next year. Joe, run for your life. 
<laughs> run for your life. Don't just stop. Start running and don't stop. This poor guy who's had such a run of success, and it's all abruptly coming to an end. And that's if the Bengals pick him number one. They are so incompetent, it would not surprise me at all for the Bengals well, to take Well, if they did, he'd go to the Redskins. So, I mean, either way, the kid's just a loser. <laughs> either way, he's, he's, he's in trouble. you got to pay the piper at some John point. Madden on, on Twitter. Uh, when when Burrow ran off the field last night, he looked at Orgeron. He held out his hand like he was uh, wanted a ring. Fojon Madden said he's either asking for his ring size or he's trying to break his hand to uh, to drop his dra- draft status so he won't get drafted by Cincinnati, you know, or Washington. Um, I don't I don't know if you guys uh, watched the pregame last night. The most miserable person on planet Earth last night was Nick Saban, especially when he had to sit there when Lee Corso brought out the LSU Tiger uh, head and an LSU Tiger jersey and the only camera shot was Nick Saban and Lee Corso zoomed in. Saban looked like he wanted to he was smiling through his teeth. He looked like he wanted to be on an, in another galaxy. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. Odds are not beyond the realm of possibility that he'll be at the championship game again next year, but he'll be coaching it. You know, he's real easy to criticize. He's real easy to not he's like. He's a great coach. But I have to give him a lot of credit for going there last night. Right. He's, the, well, he's, he's a fantastic coach. Oh, yeah. He, he sure is. But, I mean, he could have also just said, you know what? No right. thanks. They're, it's their their spotlight. Let them let them have their time in the sun. And real quickly, what a reception for the president and the gorgeous first lady. Good for them. It's about time, you know. And, I, I don't, and it was spotlighted for all the country to see that not everybody hates this man. And good for the fan base of Clemson and LSU for making him feel so welcome. I agree. I say. All right, Eagle Hour back tomorrow at one o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss to the, to top. the top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.